Hello and welcome to another NL Full-Time Podcast. I'm Rob Worrell. And uh, today we're going to wrap up the double headers across Boxing Day and New Year's Day, where other than any postponements, every team played the opposite team twice. Um, so who pulled out six points out of the bag? Who couldn't get any? Uh, and who uh, basically got the bragging rights in, in many of the local derbies? In some cases, that wasn't sorted out until the second game. I want to start by introducing... Uh, our first guest this morning from uh, Off The Line blog, Joe Pope. Yeah, hi Rob. Hope you've had a good Christmas. Managed to get to a little bit of Boxing Day football. Um, didn't manage to get to the second game. I think we were about the only game that didn't manage to go ahead for the second one. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, getting back on the pod for the first of the year. Good stuff. Happy New Year to you, Joe, and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Uh, we hope to be joined by a special guest shortly. And uh, we also have caught up with one already. And I want to start with that game. Let's forget league positions. Let's throw them out the window. Dagenham and Redbridge picked up four points out of six against an impressive Eastleigh side. And that's despite uh, a hat-trick from Paul McCallum in one of the games. And uh, the league's top goal scorer is now up to 25 in all competitions. But uh, we caught up with a friend of the podcast and uh, a score of two of the goals in the four-all draw on New Year's Day uh, between Dagenham and Eastleigh. And uh, I'm joined briefly now by Dagenham and Redbridge's uh, Josh Rees. Thanks uh, for coming on again, Josh. I think you'll be, you'll be closing in on double figures soon on the appearances on this pod, won't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, uh, always good to speak to you, Rob. And um... Like I said, it's uh, always good to listen to the podcast um, most weeks when I can. Yeah, well, Happy New Year to you and, and to uh, Ben and, and, and Innie and everybody else at Dagenham. Um, you, fair to say, you had the cracker of the day, didn't you, on uh, on New Year's Day. Obviously, it was the return match of the double headers, and you got the better of Eastleigh in the first game. Uh, and this one ended four all, and uh, great to see you notched a couple as well. Just, just give us your take on the madness of yesterday. Yeah, uh, absolute crazy game. I actually, I think I've been involved in a four all at Eastleigh before uh, when I was at Bromley. So it seems to be a ground where when I play there, there seems to be a lot of goals. But um, yeah, yesterday, uh, yeah, we started really well out of the blocks. Um, Got into a two-nil lead, um, and we're really comfortable. And then I think easily, you know what you're going to get uh, with them at times. You've got the the, uh, the league's leading marksman in Paul McCallum, and someone with the quality of uh, Chris McGuire that can just create something out of nothing. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's two all at half time. So the team talk for uh, the gaffer just completely changes, uh, and it was. Obviously, they got the momentum, uh, got three-two um, early in the second half. But to be fair to us, um, we didn't really let our heads drop. And we got straight back into it. Um, and obviously, you said they the same combinations again, and McCallum notched the hat trick. And then, yeah, Eddie's pulled up absolute worldie again, like he scored on Boxing Day uh, to level matters. And then, to be honest, we probably had the best chances maybe towards the end of the game. So, but yeah, uh, absolute cracker for uh, the new year. Um, and we'll take the point away from home, uh, albeit a bit disappointed that we didn't really 
take the most, uh, make the most of our chances that we had in the game. Well, it's only the 2nd of January, but you're winning the award for the most modest footballer ever. I've never known a footballer that scored two goals in a four-all, not mention his own goals. I'm going to push you on them. Tell us about them. I haven't seen them. Were they were they the old uh, Lampard-esque ones coming late into the box? Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't really... Uh... Said, well, I could probably have to be quite modest on that front because they weren't exactly uh, classic uh, goals from 25, 30 yards like uh, like Innes. But uh, yeah, first one was a great move from the uh, from the boys and balls being cut back. And I think their defender sort of unlucky really he's tried to clear it off the line and he's uh, managed to hit the post. And I'm literally there a yard out. Uh, won't get an easier finish this season, I don't think. And then. I think the second was from a set piece, uh, ball headed sort of back in across the box, and just I just like to be in the round, give myself the best chance to get onto sort of second balls, um, ricochets, and yeah, just uh, just a sort of a, a snapshot. Um, but yeah, no, as said, it was uh, yeah good to get a couple of goals. Haven't really uh, found the net for sort of a while now, and hopefully you can just get on a run. Um, We've been, as a team, probably haven't scored as many goals as we should have this season with the chances that we've had. But um, like I say Innes currently uh, very much a man in form. Um, hopefully I can chip in. Uh, Tommy's when I sent half seems to be scoring as well, which is uh, always good to get goals from different areas of the pitch. Mm. But yeah, eight goals in the last two games. Hopefully we can keep that sort of scoring form up. And yeah, where we've been good defensively, obviously yesterday conceded probably more than we wanted to but um, it's, we've been pretty solid uh, throughout this season so yeah hopefully both ends of the pitch um, we can get everything right going into the new year Good stuff and and how is the big man I mean from the outside looking in he looks back to his best doesn't he Any? Yeah he's been superb last uh Last three, four games, he's been really, really good. Um, and not just the goal scoring. I think you, you know you're going to get that with him. He's got a knack of scoring goals, especially sort of this level. Um, but his all-round game, um, he, I think he's been given centre-half an absolute torrid time uh, where he's been so physical uh, up there as a focal point on his um, on his own. Um, but yeah, it's great to have that in the team when you've got someone leaving the line like that and it makes our job behind him easier backing it up so yeah it's been it's been really good yeah superb to see the the progression uh of Vinny he's learned you know he, he shows learning from all his years in football and he had his most prolific season last year uh, and obviously this has been a frustrating one for him and first and foremost we we're just glad that uh, he's back to full health and great to speak to you as always Josh all, all the best for the the battles ahead i think Interesting position for Dagenham. Ten points behind the playoffs. I think seven, six or seven, clear of the relegation zone. And you know, there's nearly half a season left for for it to take its full shape, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, in this league long enough to know that it's sort of the business end of the season really does kind of. Uh, sort of tell you when teams are really going to make a go for whether it be the playoffs or the title race or in the round the bottom um, so yeah we're just going to take it one game at a time we're not looking too far ahead at the moment um, mm. we've got to build on a couple of uh, good performances obviously our away form's really good we, we really need to sort of the home form around and we've got a great win on Boxing Day but it's not been good enough in front of our own fans this season. So we needed to, we need to build on the win on Boxing Day and 
yeah, we've got some tough games coming up, Barnet, uh, this time next week, and they've been been really good this season. So hopefully we can so build on the performances we've had recently, and yeah, see where it takes us. And that was Josh Reese. Uh, great to see Josh back amongst the goals and being as modest as ever. To Joe, um, just what did you make of those two results? Uh, you know, not many people would have thought Dagenham would pull out four points of the six in that double header. No, and um, I think it's much needed points for for Ben Stevens and his side. Um, I think the uh, the four one win on Boxing Day took every Dagenham fan by a bit by surprise. Um, but you know that's two games in which they've managed to break down easily and score four um, four points as well. So um, yeah, I mean Effion is doing really well, isn't he? Uh, a couple of goals, got two on Boxing Day, um, and scored I believe yesterday as well. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's much needed given they have struggled so far this season, but uh, they'll be delighted to start the new year and uh, set the tone positively. Yeah, I want to come to the league leaders in a bit. And one of the reasons for that is points were shared over the festive season uh, for the top side Chesterfield. But let's doff our caps now to the three sides that picked up maximum points in the National League. Uh, and it's no coincidence that two of them are in the chasing pack and the other one is right now on the verge of uh, the playoffs. In fact, uh, points-wise, pretty much in them. Um, Joe Bromley, Barnett and Oldham. Uh, I guess we really have to start. We should start with um, with Bromley. They sit in second place. Um, never going to be an easy two games against Dennis Kutrib's uh, Ebbs fleet. They've been a little bit out of luck, but they've, you know, they've been in games at this level all season, haven't they? And one or two clubs have been put to the sword. But Bromley, they're really starting to fire on all cylinders now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've come to know Bromley as a good side that managed to find ways to win games, even if they're not at their best. And they did it again uh, in the two games, uh, winning 3-2 on the road against Ebbsfleet. Uh, big win, that one, given that they conceded uh, twice in that. So to to win away from home, having conceded twice, is really big. And then to bounce back from con- uh, conceding early on uh, at home to Ebbsfleet, uh, eighth-minute goal from O'Neill. Uh, but they've bounced back really well, five goals. Um, another for Michael Cheek and two for Ben Crowhouse. Um, and, uh, yeah, a, a really uh, positive start to the new year um, after a really successful 2023. Yeah, and uh, for Ebb's fleet, um, they do sit, along with the other three promoted sides, still in the bottom four. It's not really moved over the over the festive period. Um, it threatened to at times, but do uh, you think they'll be all right in the long term? I mean, I'll give you a nice easy... The four sides that got promoted, they're all in the bottom four. Um, who's best equipped to get out of it for you? Um, well, I, I was asked this a couple of weeks ago and I said Ebbsfleet because I thought that they were the best equipped offensively. Um, but I don't know why, but I think Fylde have impressed me of late. Um, you know, they've got their permanent manager now in Chris Beach. He's impressed in an interim capacity um, and they seem to be making strides uh, and they're within a couple of points of the teams above them. So uh, of the teams down there, I would probably say Fylde, but it's so close. You know, we're Kidderminster bottom on 20. 
and, and Woking a 20th with uh, 27. So, you know, a couple of wins and uh, you could be right in the mix. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be close. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see one or two teams outside the drop zone be dragged into it come the end. Yeah, now Barnet um, actually picked up nine points out of nine if you want to go back to the, the games on the 23rd of December, which we've already covered. But uh, Dean Brennan used that... Uh, down period, didn't he? He used that blip, if you want to call it, where they lost three or four on the trot. Um, he's absolutely buzzing about the togetherness because that's when it counts, isn't it? When you're up against it, when you're not getting across the line uh, and they come back, they're on fire. Um, and uh, Tommy should be here with us now, actually. He is indeed. Sorry, Tommy. Right. Let me bring let me bring our special guest in. Um, Tommy Widrington, Aldershot Town Manager. Tommy, I don't know how I've managed to hold off until January to get you on, but uh, the timing feels right. Congratulations on prevailing in the uh, uh, the uh, the Surrey-Hampshire derby yesterday. Um, it's been an exciting few months at Aldershot for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been good. I'm enjoying the ride. <clears throat> um, obviously, yesterday's win was more for the fans than anything actually that we've done this season, I think. The the fact that Woking did the double last year on on Aldershot was uh, something that irked everybody at the club that support us and behind the scenes people. Um, so I was delighted that the lads delivered. I thought over the two games, I genuinely think we was we were just the best side, just. Um, but there were two there were two good games. One being <clears throat> one being nil nil, but an entertaining nil nil, and the other one being a three two, which obviously people come to football to watch goals and. The fact that we got three and he got two men, we, we deserve the win. Good stuff. I know you, you quoted yesterday uh, in one of your post-matches saying that uh, Shahid, the uh, chairman, set you two or three targets, didn't he? He said he wanted uh, better home form uh, to, to just win a match in, in, in the FA Cup, being another one of them. And and really just to try and bring the good times back to the uh, to the EBB. And that, that's happened. In your wildest dreams, when you imagined that place a little bit fuller than it was, you know, previous average crowds of about 1,800, did you see at that point 5,900 in the ground at, uh, on Boxing Day? No, it was me on answer to that. But um, but I've seen things, I think there's, there's something happening there. I think the, the town is getting behind the football club and I think they've been waiting for something to to really jump on, you know, and that's that's all ages. After the game yesterday, I had people as old as 70-odd coming up to me and kids as young as 10, 11, 12. So the, the whole, you know, spectrum of people are, are getting right behind the club. And I think, like I said yesterday, it's all about the fans, you know, getting bragging rights over the two games is what it's all about for, for supporters. Um, and I'm, de- I'm delighted that we, we managed to, to give it a to the red and blue side for this for this period anyway. Yeah, I, I want to add my thanks to that. I mean, I've I've covered kind of a, almost every minute of every game, and there's been some difficult years the last three or four years. Um, so, you know, it's great to have good times back at the EBB. I wouldn't be doing my job right if I don't try and ask you some of the tough questions. Obviously, I, I appreciate you'll answer them as you as you can. The Shots fans are so excited um, about the, the, the squad you've put together. Um, some of them are very concerned that, um, you know, they might lose one or two, possibly even in, in January. Um, however, I take a slightly different view. What I see you've got 
is you've got some some great assets. And in life, in business, in football, you know, that's good news. That's good news for the Shots fans. That means they've either got good players playing for the club or in one or two cases, if they do move on, it means that the club do well out of it, don't they? Um, just how do you view it, Tommy? Because you're, 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 you know, this this is not going to be of any surprise to you. You know, if you pull out rabbits from a hat, that somebody bigger is going to want them at some stage. Um, <clears throat> I think first and foremost, um, everybody should be rest assured. My expertise, if I've got any, is in recruitment. I'm, I'm managing because I've, I happen to be the manager of the football club, but I believe. My strength is definitely in recruitment um, as a per- as an individual, and because of that, then I've made sure that the people that are definitely secured at this football club are the best assets. For instance, you're going to ask me about Young Josh, Lauren Delage, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there's not just them. I've, I've I've offered four new contracts out in the last month, uh, and I expect I expect all four to sign. Um, I think. There's a feeling around the place at the moment that they want to be involved in it. And um, I can categorically say, even if the right number came for any one of the players that I've mentioned, yeah. they will not be playing for Aldershot between now and the end of the season. So whatever deal happens, if there is one, and I'm sure if I was if I was recruiting at League 1 or League 2, I would be all over a few of our lads. Like, they, and other lads at this level. I think the standard of the National League this year for me, is as, as good as I've seen it. As good, you, you just were talking before I come on about who's most equipped to stay in out of the bottom four who all came up last season. And it's very difficult. They've all got different qualities. They've all got different strengths and weaknesses and whatever. But in general, I think the level is, is very, very good. Um, but I can re- everybody can be rest assured who's an Aldershot fan. We will not be losing anyone. I'm not under any pressure to sell anybody. I haven't been told I've got to make the club money or anything like that. Um, and like I said, if I did, if the deal was right for the player, for our club, and for everybody in general, then I'll do a deal. But but I'm not going to let any of them go. They'll all be here till the end of the season at the minimum. Yeah. Um, one other thing that intrigues me as well. Um, there might not be. We'll not discuss the numbers, of course, but there might not be too many League One and League Two clubs that could afford a player, uh, a precocious young talent such as um, Josh Stokes. Um, is there a possibility if a club from a high level, perhaps a championship level, were to come in for somebody like Josh or Laurent, that uh, there might be a kind of deal possible whereby they secure that asset but loan him back to Aldershot for the rest of the season? That's, that, that's an unnegotiable. That is something that I've spoke to both players representatives about from day one from day one but what people have got to realise is Josh is on a long contract he's got another two years after this one at our club and the club had an option after that so they're secured the, the football the fans have got not got to worry we are not going to get our pants pulled down and someone nick them that's not going to happen so like I said my, my background in recruitment makes sure that the people that we bring to this football club, if we feel that they're they're assets, that we we will make sure that the club look after look after that asset and and, and treat it the way it should be treated. Um, both both of them great, but there's more than them too, in my opinion. I think we've got a lot of individuals who could make a step up, but if you'd ask them, if you ask them today, I think most of them wouldn't want to go anywhere. They're enjoying the football. It's great. Gordon's is a great place to, to, to go and train every day. And the atmosphere around the place on a daily basis is 
is excellent. The lads are really, a really tight-knit group, and I think they're enjoying the journey. Well, look, I've got uh, Joe alongside me, who you met uh, at the EBB earlier in the season. Joe writes an awful lot about this level and many other levels of football, and uh, I believe has, has gotten to know Jamie Hedges a little bit over the last few months as well. Joe, let me uh, hand over to you for a couple of questions, really, to uh, Tommy, before I nick him back for one last one. Yeah, um, obviously you've got the uh, the FA Cup coming up uh, against West Brom. How much are you uh, looking forward to that one? Yeah, we're really looking forward. I think the lads have earned the right to to be on that stage. Um, you know, they're not just a, a, a club everybody knows. They're a massive football club, West Brom. And uh, I'm, I'm delighted to be part of a group of people who are going there. Um, but we're not going there to make numbers up. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I think we can win the game. But I do. I, th- I do think we can win the game. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's one of them things where it's it's all about how they approach the game. We went to Swindon with the same mental attitude. We went to Stockport with the same. And we understand it's going to be a game where it's probably not going to be our normal performance. We have to, we have to work very, very hard at the things we're not so good at. And if the things that we are good at come into place, which they probably will for, for certain parts of the game, we should have some jobs have some joy but all I, all I, I want to, I want to enjoy it do you know what I said it to the staff and, and the board and whatever yesterday we haven't at all celebrated any of the FA Cup run yet honestly the staff the players the the, the big games have been away from home so we've travelled back and we've had to drive home afterwards so we've not really celebrated anything so with a bit of luck we can after once once it's over when whenever that is and I hope it's not on Sunday but if it is we can look back at it at some stage and enjoy them together, I think, because it's been a great run. It's been a really good run with some epic, epic performances from the lads. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, the, the finish to 2023 was brilliant. Um, going into 2024, I don't know whether you're one for New Year's resolutions, uh, but you will obviously look at it as a manager. Is there one thing that you'd like to perhaps improve with shots going forward? Um I said it the other day when I was, I think I was speaking to Rob before the game. Look, we're not, it's no good at standing still and admiring what we've done behind us. You know, you don't drive your car looking at the wind, the back wind mirror all the time. You've got to look forward, but you've got to move forward. I think the club have moved. I walked in the building on the 3rd of April last year. Well, this, yeah, last year now. So 3rd of April yeah. last year. And we had exactly the same points as we've got on the 1st of January. So we're three months, three months ahead of where they were last year. Now, that's a huge, that's a quantum shift in, in the short space of time. You know, um, uh, in the way you could, you could look at it, if, if you were doing merchant, you could look at it, we're probably two wins away from being safe. But if you look at it the way I, if you look at it the way I look at it, I think if we can replicate in the next 20 games what we've just done in the last 24 games, then we're not going to be far away from having a go. Now, it's up to me as the manager. I believe it's my duty to the players, to the fans, once the West Brom game's out of the way, I'll be knocking on the boss's door upstairs and saying, right, what do we want to do? Because we're in a really good position and that and it might not come around again. You know, these <clears throat> everybody's experienced not so good times. This is a good season so far, but it's only half the season. It's uh, and we've not achieved anything yet. But but we we have we're at a crossroads. And I and I'm it's my job to push as much as I can and get every penny I can out of them to try and make sure we keep going that way because that's what I want to do. I don't want to just stand and... It's lovely being patted on the back and 
people coming up to me yesterday and thinking I'm the best thing since sliced bread because we won at Woking, but it's three points. That's all that is. You know, it's all about the end game, and and I want to push. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Tommy, as ever. Um, I, the question that we were all asking yesterday, and everyone was asking last night, and I've never. I, I still don't know if you managed to clear it up. But since we spoke after the game yesterday, do we know if Josh Stokes will be available for Sunday or not? Is it still unclear? We, I I think he'll, he'll not be available. That's what I think. Me and Matt spoke at length last night after the game. And there's certain things that are uh, competition specific. But I think because it's two yellow cards, there's, there's no, well, there's no appeal process anyway, so we can't appeal it. But... It's in, I, had a, I had a long chat with Josh, Josh on the way home last night and I genuinely wanted, I wanted to go and have a rest, to go home, see his mum and dad, go back to, to, to Suffolk for, for a few days and just just put his feet up because he's, he's, he's done incredibly well. Uh, and I'm gutted, I'm absolutely gutted for him that, he, that he's not going to be allowed to, put, to show himself on that stage because for me, that's him. That's, his, that's where he should be in... in it's it's gutting when you look at the two incidents that he got yellow carded for. Both both incidents, he was a victim in both times. He was kicked off the ball to turn around to defend himself, got yellow carded, and then he's gone in the back. I've watched it. I watched the video. It's a foul. It's a foul. And if it's not a foul, it's certainly not a dive. So he's. I thought it was really harsh the two yellow cards, and it's. Like I said, it couldn't have happened in the worst time for him. He'll be absolutely lower than a snake's belly this morning. I know he will. Um, but listen, he's he's he should be very proud of what he's done so far. And I see great times for him at our football club first and foremostly. But I see him having a really big game, a uh, big future in the game. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Well done, Josh. And you know, in life, every cloud has a silver lining. That will be if it is sadly the case that uh, you know much deserved break for Josh, and I'm sure he'll be the biggest supporter from afar if that's what ends up happening um, uh, on the weekend. Um, just as you joined us, and apologies, I didn't realise you were there in, in, in the background, but uh, we were just coming back to talk about uh, one or two of the teams that picked up six points over the festive period. Uh, we talked about Bromley. We were just kind of, I think, in the middle of, of Barnet. And Oldham too, you know, they've got the resource, they've got the supporter base, they've got the manager who knows what they're doing and 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 they're going to be a real threat in the second half of the season, aren't they? Without a doubt. I mean, you, you three clubs there that are definitely geared financially, like you said, the backing that the manager's been given there. We still got to use it correctly, by the way. So they've got to give them a pat on the back. And Mickey, I've known Mickey a long time, Mickey Mellon. Um, he knows the level upside down. Um, and they're a, they're a huge football club. All of them. I played, I played there in the Premier League in in nineteen ninety three. I think so. You know, it's historically. Big, big football club. Chesterfield are showing what Chesterfield are, I think, without putting pressure on Cookie. I think they, they will win the league. I think we'll just outscore people. You know, he, he sat in my office when, we, when they beat us 4-3 and was really complimentary about us. And he says, which the better version of you, mate? And I said, I, said, That's, I like that. It's a really nice compliment. Um, but we, we'd be working hard to try and temper the amount of goals we concede, but without, and it is a trade-off because it's the way we play, without hindering the amount of goals we score because I think we're the only, one of the only teams in the top 10 with a, with a, a minus goal difference which is a bit weird <laughs> but it does, show, it does show you that I, I played for a manager who wouldn't have lived with that but, in a, but he would have changed to the point where it would have dried up at the other end 
And that would yes. eventually actually cost him his job because he didn't want to concede any. He was a defender. He didn't want to concede any goals. But I'm, I'm quite. I understand we trade off. I understand what we do, and I understand we will we will make errors and concede goals. But I genuinely, genuinely think we can score in every game, and I think there's only three that we haven't this season. So that's going to be my thinking going forward. So if you want to come watch games at our place, you're, you're going to see goals. Yeah, apart, and with apologies to all but the old shut down fans listening to this podcast, you've uh, you've triggered another point I wanted to make to you. I think the stats will show, Tommy, that no Aldershot Town striker scored 20 goals since Brett Williams. That's going back the best part of probably 10 years. Um, of course, Ineffion was on 19 when he left the club last season. Um, but you've now got Laurent on 15 in all comps, Josh Stokes in 15, and Jack Barham, uh, absolute terrier, love him to bits, uh, with 13 as well. So if my maths is correct, three players... Uh, on in in the teens, um, what a feat it would be if one or more of them could go on and get twenty goals this season. I think all three will. There you go. I, I do. I generally do. We have we have a we have a ethos at the football club that I don't care who scores. I genuinely don't. You mentioned about yesterday when Hadjanogas three yards out could probably have scored, but made sure we scored by putting the ball in the area where Jack was for him to, to knock it over the line. Where second goal was exactly the same. Ollie Scott gets in down the left-hand side, good shoot, puts it on a plate for somebody. The first shot was blocked, but then Tyler Frost gets it into an empty goal. So we don't care. <laughs> the first thing is I don't care who scores goals, but the fact that you just mentioned, I think you just mentioned 43 goals there between the three of them. I'd be very surprised if the three of them, between them and Kwame, don't get 60 to 70 between the four of them. So... And Ollie mm. Bray. Ollie Bray made his debut yesterday. I think people are going to like him. He's a he's a big, mobile, energetic lad. Um, and I think he's got goals in him. So there's another one that hopefully the, the shots fans can get behind. Um who score who score will score goals when he get when he gets the minutes that, that he that he will get. And just one other player I want to give us our, our moment to praise him. Somebody you didn't recruit, but somebody who you saw as a very good left wing back, could do a job at left centre back. And uh, for me, I'm just going to put my neck out there. And I'm sorry, Laurent. I'm sorry, Jack. I'm sorry, Josh. The most consistent player of shot Town. Every week, I kind of nudge my summariser and go, who's in for man of the match? He's in it every week, Ollie Harfield. Yeah, listen, I think every one of the lads that I retained, who I, who I, when I came to the club, were here. So there's Ryan, Ryan Glover. Ollie Harfield, Tyler Frost, Tommy Willard, in the main, and Hajim Nogue even, in the main, them them guys who were here when I got here, they, they've been, you know, fulcrum of the, of, the, of the group, to be honest with you. Me and, me and Glover have one moments. But um, it, it, every one of them lads that I've mentioned, including Ollie, have been really, really good. And three of them have played in different positions for me than they were playing previously. And the reason for that is, I, again, I, I I knew about them before I came to the club and I knew what characteristics they have as players and I just didn't feel they were being shown as much as they probably should have been. So that's, that's call it clever, call it lucky, whatever you want to do. But but like yesterday, we played Kobe Rose, the right wing back. People were looking at me, so what on earth are you doing playing him? Even my staff, when I went in on Wednesday morning, 
sat in the car with Hugo on the way into training. And I'm like, I'm going to do something different on Saturday. And, he, and I told him what it was. So I made my mind up on Wednesday because Glover's toe wasn't good enough. I knew he wasn't going to be able to play 90 minutes. So he had to change something. Ollie Scott was always going back in the side. Um, so you have to do things that are... Sometimes it's a one-game thing. I might, I might not play Kobe there ever again, but it worked. If it hadn't worked, it would have been on me and I would have told you exactly the same. But they're the sort of things that, as a manager, you've got to know your players. And, and I wouldn't have been able to do what I have with Ollie if I didn't know him before I walked in the door. So one or two that left, who were good players, who the fans loved and what have you, it was the best decision for the club because their individual asset wouldn't fit in the way that I want to play the game. So, yeah, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but <laughs> but, but Ollie Harfield as a centre-half is a much more productive asset for us as a football club, I think. Um, and is, uh, touch wood, he's the, he's the only one who's played every minute of every game. So there's the, that's the consistency right there, that. Um, and he's yeah. played in two positions for me, so... Yeah, he's doing yeah, great. tremendous, and he still gets forward and assists so many goals. And he, despite being at right centre back, Hadji Minogu was up assisting a goal yesterday. As we said, quick question on Hadji, um, and before we let you go, you've been very generous with your time this morning, Tommy. Um, is he? When does he go off to the African nations, and uh, will he be available for the West Brom game? No, he won't. Um... He was supposed to fly today. The whole the, he was supposed to fly on the twenty seventh, which I believe, but that was like that made it like three and a half weeks before he needs to be there. So we we got the dispensation from to be able to play the Boxing Day and the New Year's Day. His flights were supposed to be today, but every time he's actually had a call up, he's ended up sitting in Heathrow Airport for about three days waiting for his tickets. <laughs> so it's a bit of a Fred Carno situation in terms of the, the logistics for him. He, you know, they fly him all around the world to get to where he's got to go. But we wish him all the best. We, we'll miss him. He's, he's been excellent. He's another lad. He's been he's bought in. He's, he's not our player as such, but he is because he treats and acts when he's got our badge on exactly the same as he would if he had a Portsmouth. I can't even say that word. But but, but <laughs> if he had that badge on. So, listen, Hadj has been excellent and, and we hope he does really well. Um over in the Afcons, but uh, thankfully, we're, I think we're only going to miss him for about two or three league games. Fortunately, he'll miss the West Brom situation and he'll miss Bishop Stalford in the trophy. But he, I think we've got three games in a week after that, so he'll only miss possibly the three the three games. Brilliant stuff, Tommy. Uh, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year and uh, see you at the Hawthorns. Thanks very much, fellas. Great stuff there from the Aldershot Town manager, Tommy Widrington. Apologies for uh, um, the way we faced him into the pod, but uh, unfortunately couldn't quite join us at the start, Joe. Um, just how enlightening was that? If you're not a Shots fan, you're a Torquay fan, but if you were, I'd imagine that would make you feel a great deal better this morning. Absolutely. I think it's great to listen to a manager that just speaks honestly. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, he'll uh, have given the older shot fans some uh, some good news to uh, go into the new year with, saying that that Josh and and Laurent will be at the club uh, at least at the end of the season, um, which is brilliant news for them. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's done a brilliant job at, at shots, and uh, great uh, great times for for older shot going into twenty twenty four. Just wrapping up, if we can, those two, those three teams that got six points. A word for Oldham, who um, 
picked up all six against Hartlepool and sadly saw that saw the end of uh, John Askey's tenor at uh, Hartlepool. Yeah, um, really good uh, six points for, for Oldham. Uh, two goals from Josh Stones over the two games as well, the young forward from Wigan. So, uh, good, uh, good start to his loan spell. So, moving on to the teams that picked up four points out of six, which is pretty good going. Um, and there were five of them. We've already covered Aldershot and uh, Woking. And we've already covered Dagenham, um, who picked up four against Eastleigh. Um, Halifax quietly go about their business, didn't they? They got a nil-nil against Altrincham and won the other game. And, you know, bearing in mind Altrincham were in the ascendancy in the playoff positions, tight sort of chess matches there those two, between those two. Uh, Halifax, so, so mean defensively, aren't they? But not as prolific up front. And they're almost the polar opposites, aren't they? <laughs> the Tommy Wedrington team we've been talking about. Yeah, um, and I say it every week, you know, what a job Chris Minnett has done there. Still doesn't get enough praise uh, from his own fans for the job that he's done. Um, and, you know, if you'd have said to Halifax fans that they'd get four points against Altrincham over the, the Christmas period, then uh, they'd have snapped your hand off for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, the only downer, I suppose, on their, their four points is that uh, Millie Alley's picked up an injury against Altrincham, missed the game. Uh, at home on New Year's Day, um, and it looks as if he could be out for a fair bit of time. Um, so for mm. a team that don't score goals, that many goals anyway, to lose him could be uh, huge for their playoff prospects going into the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. A terrific player and one of, you know, if you said to me, name half a dozen players that will move on to play in the Football League, I'd have Millie Alley in that group every single time. On to two clubs for whom their positions in the league would suggest four points out of six was extremely good return over uh, Christmas and New Year. And that's Borenwood and York City. Uh, York in particular um, deserves some plaudits for, for taking four points uh, off of a Gateshead side. Uh, great work there from Neil Ardley. And for Borenwood, well, you know, their season sitting hovering precariously above the relegation positions, four points will, will feel massive to them. Um, I want to come on to the, some of the detail around their their matches with Kidderminster in a minute, but let's start with York and Neil Ardley. Um, and, you know, it's very difficult to play Gateshead once, let alone twice and not lose. Yeah, and uh, brilliant uh, return for them, um, you know, to... Basically, they needed to try and win their home games and, and try and pick up points on the road if they're going to stay up. And uh, that's exactly what they've done. Um, you know, a point at Gateshead's no mean feat. And then to beat them at home and keep a clean sheet against a Gateshead side who always find a way to score against whoever they play um, is really, really good. Um, and, you know, that that's a Neil Ardley side for you, isn't it? You know, they have a little setback and they bounce back really well and, and get four points out of two games against a really good side who will probably be in the playoffs come the end. Yeah, you say about the blueprint, that's exactly right. I think if you're coming up against opposition like Gateshead and you know they've got threats all over the pitch and just in the way they keep the ball and the way they play and how brave they are, when, as does happen, you know, every so often somebody beats them, you have a look at it. How did they do it? How did they do it? How did they stop that Gateshead team? Because... You know, whenever I've seen them play, they've been superb. Um, they're struggling for, you know, full-on consistency at the minute. But this is a tough league. You, have, you reset every week and, and, and have to, you know, 
really go about your game to uh, and your game plan to make sure you pick up more points. Um, coming on to Boreham Wood, then something happened that kind of broke. I know it broke Femi Ilassamli's heart. Uh, he conceded a penalty right at the end of the uh, first game on Boxing Day, which meant that Kidderminster, um, you know, they they scored that and got themselves a point. And I saw a flash up on live scores with Boreham Wood two one up against. Uh, Kidderminster on New Year's Day, uh, 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 or the day before New Year's Day, I apologise. Um, I, I, I think I saw a, a Kidderminster equaliser in 90-plus again, but this time, Joe, it was ruled out. Yeah, disappointing for them. Um, obviously, having come back in the first game, would have been nice to have done it again. Um, but perhaps that you know strong underbelly that we've expected from Luke Garrard's side managed to, to get them over the line. Um, saw out the win, two goals from uh, and love, and uh, more minutes for Josh Staunton. I see that's a really uh, positive sign uh, for him. Um, obviously, he signed uh, from uh, or having left Yeovil Town. Um, I don't think they actually announced uh, on the uh, the Bournemouth page how long the deal was, but it's only a short term deal, I believe. But um, yeah, big for them. Four points against the team down there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny that we we pick those two teams because Bournemouth and York meet on Saturday. Um, ah, you see, that's why we pay you the big bucks, or we would if we could, Joe. Um, coming on to the teams that uh, shared uh, a win apiece against each other uh, over the festive period, it, it involved six teams. We have to start with the league leaders, Chesterfield. And if you were a Solly Holmores fan, one hour into yesterday's game, you would have been pinching yourself. At Damson Park, you've beaten Chesterfield, the runaway league leaders. And then at Chesterfield's gaff, an hour's gone, you're 2-0 up. Well, just as they were pinching themselves, Chesterfield got it together and did all the damage in the space of just uh, five minutes, Joe. Yeah, and I think Andy Wing will actually come away from those two games really pleased. You know, the fact that they managed to beat them at Damson Park um, and then for an hour were in control of that game against Chesterfield. Um, and he would take positives from that. But, you know, as Tommy said, Chesterfield can outscore anybody. You know, they've got the quality in their team. Um, and it showed goals from Naylor, Colclough, and then the winner from uh, Will Grigg um, with 20 minutes to go. And, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's the... Um, the quality that they have, um, they they get back to uh, three two in front, and then they bring on Mandeville and and Ollie Banks. Um, so yeah, um, really good win for them, and uh, yeah, I agree with Tommy that it's looking very unlikely that anyone will stop them. Yeah, and well done, Solly Holmores, for the initial win against Chesterfield, just their second defeat of sorry third defeat of the season. Um, at Dorking and Oxford. Um, Dorking did everything but score, they feel, at home to Oxford City in the uh, Boxing Day game. And Mark White said they didn't play particularly well. They probably played better in the first game, but they managed to find the net a couple of times, crucially, at Oxford City on New Year's Day. And how precious, Joe, was that three points? And how well-timed was that three points for Dorking? I mean, the fact is, if Oxford City had won that game, Dorking would have been in a relegation position. Yeah, I looked at that game and I, I say it's a little bit similar to last year um, with uh, the, the Christmas games between Yeovil and Torquay. 
you know, both down there in the relegation places um, or in and around the drop zone. Um, and those are the sorts of games we have to just try and get more than the opposition, you know, because it could be key at the end um, as to where they both finish. And, uh, yeah, after losing the first game, he would have wanted to uh, bounce back with a win, Mark White, and uh, he managed to do that. Um, obviously, they conceded late on, 95th minute, um, but managed to hold out. And, um, yeah, that that could be a... I, I don't think Dorkin will go down, but if they're around the bottom come the end, then uh, that win against the team who I expect to be just inside the relegation zone could be huge. And the uh, final of that little trio of, of pairs, uh, Rochdale and Fylde, they met twice. And uh, we we know... We still don't know who the better team is, do we? <laughs> a 2 0 yeah. piece, wasn't it? Yeah, um, 2 0 wins for both sides. Um, obviously, Fylde winning 2 0 uh, yesterday. Um, a little mention for Danny Ormerod. Uh, I don't know whether he's a relation of Brett, but um, he uh, scored two goals yesterday for Fylde. Uh, only scored his or only got his professional deal in November. Uh, looks like he's the latest off the production line there. Um, and also a little mention to uh, Jezerin Usheg Balam uh, for Rochdale. Uh, he went off with a nasty injury and has gone to hospital uh, after that game. Um, so we wish him well. Um, and um, Rochdale managed to get a win uh, earlier in the festive period, 2-0 win. Um, and uh, McNulty continues to do a brilliant job at Rochdale. Could only name three subs yesterday. Uh, for Rochdale, one of those was a teen scholar. So, um, yeah, really good uh, winner piece for both. Yeah, so the teams that got one point each, we've talked about most of the games already, Gateshead, Altrincham, Eastley, Kidderminster and Woking, for whom I just wanted to mention I've met and uh, spoke twice post-match for BBC with uh, Michael Doyle. Um, obviously disappointed um, and apologised to the Woking fans for, for not being able to beat Aldershot over uh, the... Uh, the, the, the Christmas and New Year period. But some green shoots there, I think. He certainly has a decent squad of players. It's, it's getting them all on the pitch at the same time. That's the challenge, Joe, isn't it? Um, a couple came late into the game off the bench, Jermaine Anderson and Reese uh, Grego Cox. But in just the uh, second minute, they lost Manny Oyeliki again. And uh, he's a real fulcrum in midfield. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why Darren Sowell probably lost his job. You know, he, he's assembled a good squad there, but he just couldn't get the best version of that squad on the pitch enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we will see a couple of additions. Um, any new manager that comes into a side wants to try and put their stamp on things. Um, and with the window open now um, and some AFL teams perhaps sending out players, um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Doyle uh, draws on his contacts to add one or two, but uh, more than enough there to avoid the drop, in my opinion. Yeah, I forgot to mention Wildstone, who did pick up maximum points in the one game they played against Maidenhead. And uh, there's definitely been an upturn in form for Stuart Maynard's men over the last month or so. Just frustration for them that uh, they can't always get on the pitch there at Grosvenor Vale, uh, in these, especially during these wet months. Um, and uh, that consequently meant that Maidenhead, of course, didn't pick up any points at all um, over the festive season. Ebbsfleet, Hartlepool and Southend, the other three teams who failed to pick up a point. A little bit tough, perhaps, on Southend. And 
Um, it's ironic as the, as, as the um, contracts have been exchanged and they're finally allowed to sign players again, Joe. Um, what they're going to lose in this period ahead is the, the element of backs to the wall that they've had as more players come in. And that's a new challenge, isn't it, for Kevin Maher? Because they've been so, so good with their backs to the wall. Can they still be good as they get more weapons to add to their arsenal? Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be the challenge. I think one thing that Kevin May has done really well during the struggles is cultivating that culture of sort of them v us and the fact that his teams like the challenge and they like the battle. Um, obviously, it's still going to be that because the National League's not easy. Um, but obviously, now that they can go out and add a couple of players, um, then they're going to have a little bit more wiggle room um, going forward, but uh, I see they've already brought one in, James Morton from Western Supermare, and uh, I think what the festive period highlighted to South End fans is that they need an extra striker or two, um, and uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if uh, Mr Still is on the phone as we speak. Mr Still, I mean, his experts have always been in recruitment, and he's not been able to recruit anybody in uh, over a year. My goodness me, he will. You just imagine him in his office now with papers everywhere and his phone buzzing. Uh, good luck to uh, John Still and to South End. Everybody I know uh, that's involved with non league football are so delighted that South End have first and foremost survived through this ridiculous period and now have the opportunity to thrive going into the new year. Okay, we're going to look now at the National League South. It's amazing what a difference small, simple changes can make, especially when it comes to your weight. Getting started is easier than you think with the free NHS weight loss app. It helps you to take those simple steps to lose those extra pounds. Download the free app today. Better health. Let's do this. Right, Joe, let's pick our way through the National League South and... uh... Where do you want to start with this one? Nine times out of ten, we start with Yeovil. Is that where you're going? Uh, no, I, I don't think I'll start with Yeovil because they didn't actually play uh, their second game. Uh, Waterlog pitch again at Taunton. Um, you almost need armbands now if you're a Taunton fan. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to give top honours to Worthing. Um, two wins for them uh, against an Eastbourne side who off the back of that, have since lost their manager, Mark Beard. He's been sacked by Eastbourne. Um, and it's two really much-needed wins for Worthing um, and two clean sheets, which we haven't really been able to say a lot about Worthing uh, this season. Uh, first on the, the first game's 3-0 win, goals from Rye, Felix and uh, the brilliant talent, Ricky Aguiar. And then uh, the second game yesterday, um Aguilar was on the score sheet again. And three new scorers, uh, Ollie Pierce on the penalty spot, Nicky Wheeler and Juan Luca. And um, yeah, really big uh, six points for them against an Eastbourne side who uh, I will see no doubt rejuvenated fighting for a new manager on uh, on Saturday. Now, uh, just below Yeovil in the table, Joe, Hampton and Richmond have been on a storming run. Uh, and they got the job done at the Bev um, against Scott Davis Slough on New Year's Day. What happened in the reverse of that fixture on Boxing Day? Uh, on Boxing Day was an absolute cracker. 
Um, another some more late goals in that one. Um, we thought that Slough might uh, keep up their brilliant home record and get another win and end that run for Hampton. Uh, 2-0 up inside 20 minutes they were for Manisha Sundara and Nathan Minas uh, before two goals, three goals even, turned it around for Hampton. Uh, goals from Jake Gray, brilliant Ben Seymour uh, and Mason Bloomfield. Uh, but Slough, you know, they've got that really good home record and they managed to do it again. Um, a goal from uh, Slazi Sparzov, formerly of uh, Woking. Uh, he got the goal in the 98th minute um, to earn them a point as, you know, it looked like he would. Uh, yesterday, um, scoring in the 88th minute, but uh, not to be as Hampton got another win uh, yesterday. Incredible uh, run of home form for Slough now, though, to go unbeaten. And that would have meant huge. That's when a, that's when a draw feels like a win, doesn't it? And if I remember rightly, wasn't it after a crushing home defeat that Scott Davis laid his soul bare on social media, didn't he, about this will not happen again under my reign? Um and it hasn't since, which is fantastic, isn't it? And they've really pulled things around. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think for all the teams down there, um, that their home form is going to be key. And if Slough are to stay in the division, which I think they will, um, then uh, that that strong base at home will uh, be huge. Yeah, despite just the one point out of the six for Slough, they are, are seven points clear of trouble at the bottom end of the National League. South. Um, with Yeovil then, Joe, no game on New Year's Day. What about Boxing Day? Yeah, well, they made up for the fact that they they weren't playing on New Year's Day with an absolute cracker uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, 4-1 win for them against Taunton. We haven't seen uh, many teams put Taunton to the sword. Taunton, brilliant side defensively, but uh, I have it on good authority that this was an absolutely pearl over game for Yeovil. Uh, one of their best performances for a long, long time. Uh, 4-1 win, goals from Frank Newbell. Uh, even Michael Smith got in on the action with a goal. Um, and uh, looks like uh, there might be a, a third ex-Taunton player on his way to Yeovil. Obviously, they signed Jay Falston recently from Taunton. Uh, and I'm led to believe that uh, midfielder Dylan Morgan, who missed the game uh, in that one, is also on his way to Yeovil. Uh, used to play under Mark Cooper at Forest Green. Um, and it uh, looks like he could be on his way to Yeovil as well. Bath won away at Chippenham, but could only draw nil-nil at home to them. And Maidstone won 2 nil yesterday against Tunbridge Angels, but could only draw the game before that. Uh, looking then at uh, the other playoff positions in the National League South, they're occupied by your very own Torquay, who had a frustrating, uh, festive period, didn't they, Joe? And Chelmsford, uh, who are in sixth. Yeah, a really frustrating period. Um, uh, lost on Boxing Day. Um, have to give full credit to Truro. Um, I thought they were brilliant in the game. The 1-1-0 goal from Bed Adelsbury, um, and it could have been more. But um, yeah, I, I thought Truro were really good value. And if they play like that, they'll have more than enough to stay up. No problems there. And, um, yeah, good win for Chess. Uh, you mentioned Chelmsford. Um, big win for them at home yesterday against a good Braintree side. Um, and they even managed to do it with 10 men as well. Uh, Dave Winfield being sent off uh, in the first half. But, uh, yeah, goals from uh, Watts, uh, Charlie Ruff, and a penalty from Samir Carruthers, making sure that uh, that they won uh, that one there. Um, so, uh, yeah, big, big three points for them. 
What season Dave Winfield's having? He's injured one minute and sent off the next. Uh, friend of uh, of that family, of course. But um, yeah, you, he's such a an imposing, dominating player. But you need him on the pitch. Yeah, um, yeah, and he he has been key for for Chelmsford. Um, probably more so even when he's not playing. You know, with his experience. Um, and uh, no doubt, even though he only managed half an hour yesterday, he probably would have been uh, kicking every ball for 90 minutes as they won that one. We mentioned Tunbridge already. They sit 10th, five points outside the playoffs. Between them and Torquay are Avely and Farnborough. They're two and four points respectively off the uh, playoff positions. How did they fare over the uh, festive season, Joe, those two sides? Yeah, well, it was a win. Uh, for both sides a piece there um, and two big wins for Dover and Haven especially uh, on Boxing Day Farnborough managed to get the win uh, against uh, Haven and Waterlooville goal from uh, Hadi Gander uh, obviously a player that you and know well uh, at shots uh, but Haven and Waterlooville managed to get their revenge on Farnborough uh, yesterday uh, a 4-2 win on the road for them goals from uh, James Roberts uh, Mo Fowl and Harvey Jewett Wyatt and uh, Ryan Seeger, formerly of Dorking, uh, for them. Uh, I see another goal for Hadi Gander in that one as well. And, uh, and uh, Aaron Cool sent off two yellows in the 90th minute. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, a big win for having that. They've been making progress, um, as have Dover. Um, Dover have mm. uh, obviously recently got rid of manager Mitch Brundle, brought in Jake Labelle, and uh, they managed to uh, get a win in one of the games against Avely, um, and it almost looked like they were going to get four points over the Christmas period, uh, conceding late late on in the game on the 30th of December. Uh, goal from uh, Ogden Rinder in the 90th minute, right at the death, uh, to seal a 2-1 comeback. Uh, Dover did manage to win with a comeback of their own on Boxing Day. Uh, goals from Frankie Sutherland and uh, former Torquay winger Iffy Allen. That leaves, though, Dover, despite the uh, upturning fortunes, it leaves them 12 points from safety with uh, 19 games left. It's certainly not impossible, but it's a stiff task. Haven't and Waterlooville just one point better off. And then uh, Welling United on 21 points. Eastbourne Borough on 23. Um, even they, in the last relegation position, are six points from safety. So there's a real gap there, um, you know, between Eastbourne uh, and Weymouth of six points in 20th. Yeah, and uh, I mean, two of the teams down near the bottom uh, met uh, over the festive period, Weymouth and Western Supermare. And it was Weymouth that managed to uh, go home with all the, uh, not all of the points, but four of them. Uh, a 3-2 win at Western uh, in the first game. And they managed to come back from 3-1 down yesterday to get a point at, at home, uh, as it looked like Western might be able to win 3-2 themselves on the road. But uh, Big three points over the festive period for uh, the Terrors. Now, I know this because I drive through them so, so many times on my way to uh, Aldershot, but there are not many miles between Hemel Hempstead and St Albans. Uh, what was there between them over Boxing Day and New Year, Joe? Yeah, well, on New Year, um, it it looked as if it was going to be plain sailing for Hemel. Uh, two goals in the first 12 minutes from George Williams uh, put them in control, but uh, St Albans managed to turn the game around and uh, goals from uh, Zane Banton, Sean Jeffers and a, a winner in the 90th minute from Brown uh, ensured that St Albans would go away with uh, all three points. 
on uh, Boxing Day. It was uh, St Albans that uh, were left licking their wounds. Goals from uh, Brandon Barzi and Montel McKenzie. Uh, it's ensured that they turned that game around to uh, to win 2-1 on the road. Uh, interestingly, St Albans uh, had Sean Jeffers sent off in the New Year's Day game. And then he was one of the architects um, in turning that one around on uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was sent off just to be clear on uh, on Boxing Day, and uh, as you as you sometimes see at uh, a National League South, National League North, National League level, um, the suspensions don't always start immediately. If there's one team that will have felt a little bit sore that Jeffers wasn't banned for the next game, it, it will have been Hemel Hempstead who had to play him again. Yeah, well, there's uh, not many better strikers at this level than him. So uh, it's, uh, you know, that's the way it is. With, uh, you you could have put your money on him after being sent off in the first game and then being able to play the second that he would get on the score sheet. Absolutely. Not too many other games or matches to cover. Um, just looking through, um, we've covered most of the uh, New Year's Day games. Anything else from Boxing Day you wanted to... Uh, draw attention to? Um, no, um, other than um, a big uh, response from, or potentially a big point for Welling uh, against Dartford. It looked as if they were going to be done uh, 1-0 in both games. Um, they lost 1-0 on Boxing Day uh, to a goal from Richard Chin. Um, and then it looked as if they were going to win 1-0 as well on, on New Year's, or on the 30th. Uh, but Modiara put through his own net in the last minute to uh, ensure that Welling got a big point on the road. In the National League North, then, Joe, a plethora of red cards, three of them in one match um, uh, on the 30th of, of December. Uh, the, the fixture list was kind of split. The second game in the doubleheader was split between Saturday and uh, Monday, wasn't it? But uh, let's just take a look at the state of play in the National League North. Let's start with the two teams we always seem to start with. Scunthorpe and Tamworth. Uh, can they be split yet? <laughs> Not at the moment. Um, they uh, are both level on 53 points and uh, they both managed to uh, win both of their games uh, over the festive period. Um, uh, yeah, they both won their games. Tamworth were 1-2-1 against Rush Hall Olympic on Boxing Day. Uh, goals from Kyle Finn and Jordan cullen Libbard. And then Kyle Finn was on the score sheet again in the reverse fixture um, as uh, they won again 2-1 uh, against Russell. And as for Scunthorpe, well, it was uh, deja vu for them as well because they both uh, they won both games 2-0. Uh, they won the first game on Boxing Day. Uh, fairly comfortable in that one. 2-0 uh, win uh, in there. And um, against Farsi Celtic, sorry, goals from uh, Law and Danny Whitehall, who leads the way in the scoring charts. And then uh, cracker of a game on uh, New Year's Day, Danny Whitehall then got sent off in that one. Um, I was presumably for an altercation with one of the Farsi players who was also sent off in the same minute. Um, but that didn't deter Scunthorpe. Goals from Evans and uh, Shrimpton, as uh, Farsley actually finished the game with nine men at the end. But um, it has been a really good 2023 uh, for Farsley, I will just add, um, you know, one of the teams that always struggle down there, but they currently find themselves in 15th and only six points off the playoffs. So, um, yeah, good good 2023 for them in the end. Uh, well done, Joe, by the way. It's not easy to, to, to review 
matches from different leagues over two different days. I'll, I'll try and help you a little bit here. Uh, take a bow, Blythe Spartans, Scarborough Athletic and Peterborough Sports because they all pulled off win doubles home and away to their opponents. South Shields, Darlington and Bishop Storford. Just pick out one or two highlights from, from those games and uh, uh, you might want to talk about any managerial changes too. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give the credit to Blythe. Um, you know, they needed some wins uh, and they got two of them. Um, against the South Shield side, who have kind of lost their way a little bit of late. Uh, they won the first game 3-1 and then managed to uh, come behind or come from behind at home uh, to win that one at 2-1. Um, as for Darlington, struggled all season. Um, obviously lost uh, those games to Scarborough 1-0 uh, uh, yesterday and then uh, they lost the uh, reverse game as well. And, uh, yeah, uh, there is good news for Darlington that they have uh, acted swiftly to replace uh, Josh Gowling. And they've brought in Steve Watson, who, in fairness to them, I think that's probably the best appointment that they could have hoped for. Lots of experience at this level with York and, and Chester. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's a good appointment. Too late to save their season, I feel. But uh, as they go into 2024, that's a positive sign. Brackley. Kept up their challenge at the right end of the table by overcoming Banbury twice over the festive period, Joe. Yeah, and uh, it's funny, I've spoken to one of my uh, mates who's a Brackley Town fan and he said that all he wants for Christmas was a striker. Well, he got that for Brackley uh, and he's ended up scoring a hat-trick for Brackley uh, to get their second of the two wins. Uh, a hat-trick from Connor Hall uh, on loan from Solihull Moors. He was back amongst the... Uh, the goals there, and uh, yeah, relatively easy one 0 win as well in the first game, um, and that's that's much needed for Brackley because they've struggled of late, and uh, two wins will uh, do really well. Kings Lynn showed signs of uh, uh, pulling things back round recently, but it's faded away again over the uh, festive season as they've been beaten twice by Boston, and also Alfreton prevailed uh, in. Uh, the two games against Buxton as well. And Curzon beat Southport twice. So very different scenario in the National League North with many teams dominating over the two games. Yeah, I, I think that's probably because I think this year we've seen a pack of teams at the top who are really, really strong. And then the teams at the bottom are perhaps a bit weaker than we've normally seen. Um, a, a mention for Boston there, uh, 1-2-1 in the first game and then got uh, a 2-0 win uh, on New Year's Day, 1-2-0 uh, there. And uh, I think they're my sort of... T I, I went early with uh, tipping Hereford in the summer and uh, I'm going to tip Boston as my team to watch in 2024. Um, really exciting squad that they've assembled there and it looks as if uh, it's all coming together just at the right time for them. And, uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned Curzon Ashton, big win for them. 3-0 uh, win away at Southport. Uh, two goals from Spencer, Jimmy Spencer, brilliant player for this level. Um, and, uh, yeah, they managed to uh, make it uh, six points as well. Yeah, Warrington and Chester met twice and both sides prevailed in their home games, Joe. Yeah, uh, Chester managed to win 2-0 on Boxing Day. Uh, goals from Weeks and uh, a goal right at the end from uh, the brilliant Charlie Catton. Uh, but Warrington managed to make it uh, a, a winner piece as they uh, edged out a, a tight game 
uh, on uh, New Year's Day, goal from uh, a miss uh, who wouldn't go amiss. And uh, yeah, good win there for, for Orenton. Yeah, Hereford and Gloucester drew on uh, uh, the second of their two games at Hereford, but uh, the better of the two games occurred at Gloucester, where Gloucester led 2-1 with uh, just seven minutes left. Hereford getting back into it through Williams in the 83rd minute. And one of the latest goals we've seen, even in this crazy season, uh, a second from Williams in the 99th minute to take the points home for Hereford, Joe. Crazy stuff. Yeah, well, if I was a betting man, then I would imagine that uh, Hereford boss Paul Callis would have wanted just one thing for Christmas, and it was Williams back fit and firing. And uh, he took the headlines over the festive period. He's uh, been out for much of the campaign so far, but he's back with a bang. Two goals in the, uh, well, I would say last seven minutes, but it was last 16 minutes there. Uh, <laughs> goal in the 83rd minute and then right at the depth in the 99th minute to win on the road. And uh, it was his goal that ultimately got them a share of the spoils on home soil uh, on New Year's Day as well. Let's just finish off the National League North with a quick look uh, at the league table and uh, see how it's bearing up, particularly in the battle at the, at the bottom end. Uh, Joe, um, in the relegation positions at the moment, Bishop Stortford, 10 points from safety. I'll get a look at them uh, up close and personal in a couple of weeks' time when all shut town go there in the FA Trophy. Uh, Darlington on 19 points, so a lot of work to be done there in terms of their recovery. Gloucester on 21. Kingsland now 26. Um, they would appear to have the best chance of survival because they're just one point behind Russell Olympic, two points behind Southport. Three behind Banbury, four behind Buxton, and five behind Spennymore Town. Yeah, I, I think, um, I think, or even though I think Darlington will go down, um, I mean, it's so close down the bottom there, isn't it? You know, Darlington have got two games in hand on Russell and they're only eight points behind. And with a new manager at the helm now, then certainly the Darlington fans will be hoping that uh, they can get a, a bounce and uh, start looking up the table. Uh, again, so yes, yeah, really tight down there. Don't know who's gonna. Uh, I wouldn't be able to pin my colours to the mast just yet. Brilliant, Joe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks uh, to uh, Tommy Widrington and to Josh Reese as well for their insight this week. Just casting our mind ahead uh, as we record this on Tuesday morning. So just the five days to wait until Saturday, and we do it all again. Good luck to our sides still in the FA Cup. Uh, Maidstone, the lowest ranked side left in it, and also to Chesterfield and to Eastleigh and to Aldershot Town, who go to West Brom. Uh, thanks for joining us as ever. Do subscribe if you want this podcast pinged to your inbox the minute. Luke Edwards, our wonderful producer, has uh, worked his magic. That's very often before we send any tweets out, so it is worthwhile doing. Happy New Year to all our listeners. Thanks to you again, Joe, and play the theme tune, Luke.